All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Robert Genius Podcast, and we are a day late again. I know, I know. Blame the editor. <laughs> this, this, this time it was the editing process. So we blame the editing department, which of course is the same as the speaking department and the recording department and the crack research department. But anyway, we blame the editing department this, this time around. Um, because I recorded a bunch of stuff. Um, I did re-record and chop some stuff down, all that good stuff. Um, and I just, it took me an extra day to finish. That's all. But we are here now. And in this episode, I got some sports stuff to talk about with the, um, the NBA and college football. We're going to lead off with that. And we're going to get a little more serious about sports. I got some things to say about um, Malika Andrews and this kind of controversy surrounding her. Uh, I'm going to get to that. And and that and that's the piece, honestly. That's what took me the longest to do because y'all know I can get to rambling. So I, I have been just constantly trying to chop down and condense that from you know, like an almost 30 minute, you know, rambling, you know, kind of thing to something more palatable. And, uh, got some other stuff that you'll, that I'll surprise you with. But it is December, Christmas shopping's underway. Hope you guys don't wait till the last minute. Um, it's December 5th right now. I don't have my tree up yet. I'm going to put it up this week. And uh, other than that, uh, I need to send out some Christmas cards to some people. And it is almost time. You know, things are slowing down at work. Got to take some days off. Got to use some of this time off that I have. Please, people, if you have personal time off that you can use, use it. I'm just like, you know, look. Just to do it. I mean, you're not going to get that time back you know, on eventually. Well, you, well, uh, what am I talking about? Use your personal time off if you got it. All right. Don't let nobody guilt you into coming in if, if you got personal time you can use. Okay. Because you know, being being able to say that you came in, you know, every day that the store was open. It's not exactly a flex, okay? It's not. Spend time with your family. Spend time by yourself. You go kick it, you know, solo or whatever. But don't don't live at the office if you don't have to. But anyway, enough of that. All right, let's get to it. All right, uh, I got to open up here with a bit of a mea culpa. Um, I was a naysayer of the NBA in-season tournament and it's turned out to be a really good thing and you know in particular the players you know have come out turned up for this so you know hey I'm wrong I was wrong and because I figured you know what the hell's the difference you know it's just you know it's basically it's virtually the same number of games and it's for a dopey in-season you know thing and it doesn't have any bearing on the NBA championship I figured that you know but to the league's credit you know they the whole painting in the court is different even though it look that's just a aesthetic thing and <clears throat> it matters it they it basically it Differentiated between just the regular season NBA games. It's the way of saying, hey, this is different for the players and the people watching. That is end up being a very smart move. Kudos to that. And the you know the players, the players have gone on, they've given a full blown effort, maybe even a better effort than they would have given it this time of year. So Adam Silver, whoever else was in on this idea, you know, salute. 
y'all did good, y'all did right, um, I will still, you know, reserve the same venom I have for the sports media, because they were part of the problem, like, particularly the sports talk radio guys, and maybe some of the cable guys, like, they were part of the problem, because for a couple of decades now, they, they have painted you know, November and December NBA basketball as being kind of worthless and meaningless. You know, I couldn't tell you whether or not the players played any harder or less harder during those months. But, you know, this idea that, that, that NBA basketball was worthless before Christmas Day, that has been a narrative that's pushed by sports media. I don't think fans ever felt that. And while... You know, like the players may have looked at it as a tuning up point or whatever, but again, I don't think that anyone, yeah, look, I think that's the case of media making news and not covering news. Um, But that being said, this has been a big, big improvement. And so, hey, I was wrong. Got no problem saying it. Look, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong about something. And, and that's the way things should be. And also, it helps that my New York Knicks have done quite well in the in-season tournament and have made it to the semifinals. I might feel differently if they were, you know, if that was not the case. Um, so that's basketball. But the other, the other big thing, story right now, is the college football playoff. Because the selection committee engaged in some straight up, you know, skullduggery in picking the four teams. Um, well, three were obvious Michigan, Texas, Washington. But then there was the fourth one. Alright, so for the fourth one, you had, they had to choose between Alabama, Georgia, and. Florida State. Okay, so Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And in Florida State, but they lost earlier in the year to Texas, so they were not undefeated. Georgia was undefeated until the SEC championship game. And I think of the three teams, they clearly have the best talent. And then it is Alabama who was struggling early. They were they were winning all year, other than the Texas game, but they were struggling all year. And then, you know, they won a miracle game to get to the SEC championship game. And then no one was picking them to beat Georgia, but they pulled it off. And so now they're they're an example of peaking at the right time. And Alabama has top-notch talent as well. They were just they were struggling because the quarterback was struggling. So you're gonna ask, okay, just on merit, on you know, resume, record, whatever, who Florida State should have been the pick. If you're gonna base it on who's more likely to come in there and kick ass and probably win the whole thing, it'd be Georgia. And Alabama is Alabama. Right? I mean if you, you know, if you have a chance to put Alabama in the college football playoff, then, if you know, you put them in. And no matter how flimsy a reason, Alabama is in, you know, Alabama's up there in Notre Dame, right? If you can find, if you can finagle some type of reason, even if it's complete bullshit, you, 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 you put them in. And whoever... You know, gets left out. You know, too bad, so sad. Unless it's you know, well, yeah. Basically, it's too bad, so sad, because you know whoever you choose them over is going to be somebody who is not you know Miss America, basically, right? Um, I just kind of is what that's what it is. So now this year they could have, they you know if. You couldn't put Georgia in there. Well, because Alabama beat Georgia. 
so that kind of knocked Georgia out of the question, right? Because you can't put, you know, you can't pick Georgia over Alabama and Alabama just beat them. All right. So that, that takes Georgia out. It's so not Alabama, Florida State. Well, Florida State's undefeated and they won the conference. Alabama lost the game and they had some other, you know, they had a couple of shaky games also. Um, of course, Florida State did have some shaky games too, but Florida State went undefeated and won their conference. Alabama lost the game and won their conference. Um, if we go by, you know, the, the morals and standards that we have been told by the, by the college football people, Florida State should have gotten it, but they didn't because Alabama's Alabama. <laughs> and nobody wants to admit that on the committee and now the excuse that they're using is that Florida State's starting quarterback got hurt late in the season and that they're down to their, one of their backup quarterbacks and that therefore the Florida State team today is not the same as the Florida State team that started the season and therefore um, <laughs> right that's what it is I you know look college football has always been a sham it has always been corrupt when it comes down look the only legit stuff that happens is the stuff that actually happens on the field everything else is a corrupt con game or shell game run by a cartel of schools and conferences. Um, it's always been that. You know, the, the bowl system has always been about, you know, payouts to schools, TV money, and just kind of bragging rights. Um, it's never, they, you know, they were never, they were never cooked up to crown a champion. And so, the idea of trying to make the bowl system into a championship tournament has always was always going to have problems because the bowl selection was always about you know glad handing and good old boy network stuff and TV and all of that. It was never about actually crowning a champion. You know, and they started voting on a quote-unquote national champion only because you know I guess somebody figured well these games need to be for something and you know and for up until you know the 90s it was a poll well they had the AP poll and the UPI poll um, the AP poll was the Associated Press and UPI was a coach's poll all right, so the the you know media voted one poll, the coaches voted the other one, and, and you know, and most of the time they voted for the same team, and then sometimes there was a split poll, and it was like that way until the nineties, and then you know then somebody decided that well we need to have one champion. Um, You know, finally became a thing in nineteen ninety the ninety eight season is when the I think that's when the BCS you know became an official thing and that's when when they had their first we had you know the the first kind of unified national champion um you know and then it was one game and the different polls were kind of thrown into a computer and um much other factors were thrown in and the computer spit out two names and those were your number one and number two teams and they would play for the championship and it was like that for a couple of decades and every now and then you'd have a third team that was as good as the two teams that were that got to be in the game and <coughs> you might get you know, the BCS poll or whatever, like the BCS computer thing would, you know, decide one, or the game, you know, the one versus two game would decide one, and then every now and then you would have, 
if there was a third team uh, that played in a different bowl, they might get voted on by the press as number one, right? Uh, but, you know, and then the, this playoff thing became a thing, and it became, you know, well, they won four teams, right? Because obviously if you're going to go from two teams to something, you had, you know, the first stop was four. And now they're going to go to 12. And the problem is, most years you only have two teams that should be playing for the championship. Right, like sometimes, some years you have three. But most of the time it's just two. They're two to stand out from everybody. You definitely don't have four. Like this year, this year is literally the first year where you could actually have more than four teams who either stand out talent-wise or who have, you know, resume-wise earned their way into a playoff. Okay. This is the first year. <clears throat> and look, the only reason we're expanding the playoff is to make sure... Well, it's only for TV money because there's more playoff games. But the other thing is just it's for the power conferences to make sure that you know, you know, that they get their proper, what they feel is their proper representation in the playoff. <laughs> because one of the, you know, narratives going into this year's selection was that they got to pick Alabama because there's no way you can leave the SEC out of the playoff. Because you know, the SEC has the, the two most talented teams. Right? Um, that was the narrative going into this year's selection. Well they, they, well, they can't leave the SEC out of the whole playoff. So by expanding the 12, that's never going to be a problem. Um, you know? that um, And that's all this is. So now you can make sure that the SEC gets its, get, you know, gets its quote-unquote proper allotment of teams in the playoff. Um, without hosing anyone else. Um, it also, by going to 12, you also, you know, make it easier for Notre Dame to get into playoff, right? Because getting in with four teams is a bit dicey. Um, for them now, a days. But if you get, you know, with a 12-team playoff, Oh, they can get in. You know, they can get in more often than not, probably. And it also, you know, makes room for other teams that would make for good TV. You know, University of Miami. Florida State, like I mentioned. Um, you know, um, University of Florida. Well, they're an SEC team. But, you know, somebody like USC... If, you know, if they if they are, if they finish with like one loss or whatever, or, right? It makes it easier to get teams like that in there, and that's all it is, you know. And again, TV money. It's not about actually picking a champion. Because if it's, 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 if it's picking a champion, if it was just about, you know. Putting your two, be putting your best teams in a playoff to determine a champion, you just need one and two most years, and then every now and then you could have a triple threat match like in wrestling, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, but so you know, like I have no dog in the fight because I'm not, you know, I went to UMBC. We don't have a football team, <laughs> right? So I'm not rooting for anybody here in particular, um, but. It's just, it's funny to me, it's, and it'll be entertaining because I just want, I just want the best football. <laughs> Sorry, Florida State. All right, we're doing rewrites. Uh, this is like the eighth different time I've tried talking about Malika Andrews, and every time I go too long, so we're gonna try to keep it short this time. Um, basically. For those who don't know, she's yeah, Malika Andrews is uh, she's like an anchor on ESPN. She does the daily NBA show and like the NBA pregame show when they have NBA games. She's gotten some some flack from some people, um, and she's gotten a reputation for being anti-black men because 
when she's been on TV, she has talked about, reported, I don't know, commented on some negative news stories involving black male players and coaches in the NBA. Um, and now, more recently, there's a white player, Josh Giddy, who has been accused no, he's not been accused. I'm sorry. Some pictures came out of him canoodling with some underage girl, and it's being investigated. And there were people wondering, well, how come she didn't come down on him the way she comes down on the brothers? Well, for one, um, when the story first broke, she was not on the air. But second, and I've asked this in a couple of places, what exactly did y'all want her to say? Like, okay, like, all we know right now is that there's just pictures and he was canoodling with the girl. We don't know what, how far anything went. We have no idea. So, right now, at best, he has bad judgment. At worst, he's a pedophile. And, you know, it could also be somewhere in between where he could also be somebody with, you know, aspirations of being that and, and you know, or whatever. I don't know. We don't know. All we can do right now, you know, there's an investigation going on right now. The girl's family is not cooperating with the investigation. So who knows if he has something to do with that or, or what. There are just a million different things that we don't know. Until we do know... You know, there's nothing to comment about other than other than to state the facts and the facts right now is that there's pictures and that he's still playing because the team is not taking action against him and that's really literally all we know right now so there's nothing else to say and when I've asked people well, what, what y'all want her to say they don't have an answer they're just, they're just mad because of how she talks about the brothers. And I've watched videos when she commented, when she reported or commented on some of these stories. And sorry, guys, she wasn't heaping fire and brimstone down on us. She was talking about the stories. Okay. Yes, there was a guy who was drafted um, on draft night. And I, his name escapes me now. I remember it all the other times I recorded this. Um, but he went second in the draft. But there was a story, a new story out there about him you know, driving a car. And one of the passengers in the car had a gun and killed somebody. And so there was, you know, for a while there was possibility of him being connected to that. And she brought it up on draft day, you know, questioning, like, will this affect his draft status? Which, on draft day, you absolutely bring that up. Because he went second. If he had fallen the 12th or second round or went undrafted, that probably would have been the reason. So until the matter is closed, until he actually gets drafted it's an open-ended thing and you need to tell your viewers about it because if he's expected to go number two and he doesn't go until much later you're wondering why now once he went numbered he got picked second so once he got picked then it's over but until that happened it's yes you bring it up you talk about it on draft night hell yes You know, um, and then, you know, the last year, the Emi Doko was the coach of the Celtics. He got suspended for a year, then ultimately, I think, let go because he was hoeing around the office. And, again, he got suspended and then terminated. An NBA head coach of a team that had just been in the finals. 
It is a story. It was a news story. Yes, you talk about it. Okay. Every other NBA talking head on TV talked about it, which means she's supposed to talk about it too. She's not supposed to ignore it because his brother. And then the guy who was tapped to replace him, um, she talked about on air how, how that guy had some arrests many years ago. Um, and some people didn't like that. And look, maybe, maybe he didn't have to bring that up. I don't know. I don't know if it had any relevance in this case. But, uh, well, I don't but whatever. All right. To brand her as some hater of black men because she talked about some news stories that were negative about black men while she, she covers the NBA in which, you know, almost all the vast majority of the players are black and in the stories that she talked about with coaches, the coaches in question were black and they were negative stories. Sorry, folks. Okay, it's the NBA. The vast majority of the stories, good, bad, or in between, are going to be about black men. Okay? You don't ignore the bad ones. And never mind it, you know what, for, for those few bad stories, I mean... There about you know there were who knows how many good ones that she reported on air. All right, I mean, man, did y'all take stupid pills or something? Like, like but she's supposed to be like a Mad Rashad was Michael Jordan. Just you know, except she's supposed to be that way for the whole league. Is that what y'all want? I mean, y'all did have that Rachel Nichols, you know. <laughs> but um, anyway, this is just this is. I'm sorry. This is just it's ridiculous. All right. I mean, at the rate we're going, now y'all not gonna want her to talk about it if somebody's a bad night shooting from the floor. This is crazy. I mean, and, and in case y'all didn't know, like she's had to file like a couple of, like a restraining order against somebody you kept coming after her. All right. So, I mean, this is insane. And I got kids. Why are you supporting her? I'm not actually supporting her at all. Yeah, I'm anti-stupid. That's what. I, okay. And unfortunately, you know, in this day and age, if you simply push back against stupid things, you get, you know, you get labeled a supporter of this person or that person or whatever. Uh, no, I'm not a supporter of her. At all. I don't watch her on TV. I don't know her personally. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I have no connections or to her at all to be out to call myself a supporter of her for you to label me one either. I'm anti-stupid, all right. And unfortunately, people seem to be getting stupider and stupider out here. But I will remain steadfast, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, I, I get a little stupid sometimes too, okay. And when I do, y'all should push back on me. All right? That's simple. Anyhow, all right, I'm going to leave it here because this is the shortest version I've done of this. We're under 10 minutes. We're going to move on to the next topic. All right, um, on to my next topic that I have made several attempts to record. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Right, Lenny Kravitz did an interview where he lamented um, not having been invited to, like, the the Source Awards and the BET Awards other, you know, black award shows for his music. Um, this prompted some people in on Twitter to get mad at him, you know, because, you know, his representation, his media folks or, I don't know, publicists or whatever, have reportedly, you know, 
or not even reported have allegedly, but according to these people, you know, steered him past doing interviews with, you know, black media and what have you. Um, and they made it about them. He was talking about award shows. Y'all made it about interviews. Yeah. Um, the two are not the same. Okay. And he even said that he'd been like he'd been on magazine covers. He mentioned that he'd been on magazine covers. So he was not bad mouthing the media and unfortunately and then look he had to come clarify what he was talking about. Because you people are stupid. And I'm sorry, I'm just in some kind of mood about this. Alright. <laughs> because well how do we end up here? Well, alright. So growing up, I remember radio stations became more and more segregated and they weren't segregated necessarily by race of the artists but by the perceived kind of race of the form of music like you know like were you were you doing black music were you doing white music right or what was considered to be black or white music and stations became segregated along those lines so for example you know, a white artist who was doing quote unquote black music would get played on the black radio station, like, you know, Phil Collins and Madonna and George Michael. Um, right? Um, <clears throat> whereas a black artist, if you were doing music that was not considered to be black, well, yeah, good luck. And Lenny Kravitz is one of such artists. And He's not the only one. Living Color, Tracy Chapman, um, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish. Well, you know, Darius Record, the lead singer, is black, right? Uh, um, you know, those are just a few examples. And then later on, you know, in more modern times, uh, there's Gary Clark Jr. You know, then. You know, those are just name a few. Um, and because they play music that is not considered black music, they have a hard time getting played on black radio stations. They have a hard time getting recognized, you know, in places like the BET Awards. And what's really sad is that, <clears throat> you know, like Lenny Kravitz and Larry, Gary Clark Jr., like Lenny Kravitz is a rock musician, basically, he plays rock music. Which is a form of music that we pioneered, right? And you know, okay, fine. Um, um you know, because of the evolution of music and what have you. Um, black artists did not don't play it as much <clears throat> and we as an audience got away from it so now to the point where it's not considered black music anymore by a lot of people which is stupid it really is But, um, he's right to feel that way. <clears throat> now, look, that doesn't negate, no, the goes, the things that some of those people said about his publicists or, you know, whoever his media people are, ushering him past, you know, black run outlets to push him towards white ones. That's that's valid. Okay, yes, and, and he is ultimately, you know, he's accountable for that ultimately. Those people work for him. But that's not what he was, you know, that's not what he was upset about. That's not what he was complaining about. But he didn't get me to say, man, it sucks that, it not, you know, <clears throat> I wish I had gotten more interviews with Essence Magazine. That's not what he said. That's a separate thing. 
So if you'd make that about you, it's wrong. But to me, this is really about the fact that ultimately this is about the music industry and the fact that you know you have this segregation of radio stations, radio formats, and <coughs> now it's gotten worse because now that you know the playlists are more and more predetermined. And there was a time where radio disc jockeys <coughs> played what they wanted to play. They played whatever they thought was hot, or whatever what they thought would get people going, you know, out of their own personal collection or songs that people tipped them off to or whatever. Yeah, and it's not like that now. And so, yeah, artists like him <coughs> are ultimately hurt by that because the kind of music he does does not fit the predetermined format. Um, or at least it doesn't because he's black. You know, and because we live in a racially segregated society, you know, the first thought is to put him on, you know, the, <coughs> that he should, you know, that he should be on the black radio station. But he doesn't do music that fits in the, you know, the box that the black radio station has for music. So then he has to go make his fortune over on the white radio station, which of course means you got to deal with all the shit, <laughs> right? <coughs> so it's a you know. The music industry has done this. And, you know, he's a victim of it. And so is everyone else involved, right? I mean, people, you know. Um, so to me, what, to me, what you take out of this is that we should be talking about the stuff I mentioned. We should be talking about the segregation of radio stations and formats and things like that. That's what we should be talking about here. Not whether, you know, what, you know, who his publicist steered him towards for interviews, that's, you know, his problem and their problem and, you know, et cetera. Yes. Um, but as far as what we should be talking, we should be talking about where the industry has gone and how it has limited our choices as fans. Right, I mean, I like all different kinds of music, but, you know, You know, it, it, it was work to find Gary Clark Jr. and his music. Right, I mean, it shouldn't be that. But it is, because of the way things are formatted, largely. So, you know, it shouldn't be work to... to do that to find somebody who's really good at what they do but because you know they don't fit in the right <coughs> box it's you know more difficult to hear them and that's a, that's a music industry problem so I think in him talking about this I think that's what we should focus you know that's what we should focus on talk about you know the issue the problems in the music industry where artists get shuffled and you know, sorted into boxes and and if they don't fit then it's a detriment to their career so hey good on you for bringing it up Lenny and whatever issues you got with you know magazine outlets whatever clear that shit up but you were right to bring it up and <coughs> man just give the dude a you know you don't well we don't have an award to give him at our show well Make up the Achievement and Popular Music Award or something and then give it to them. Not that hard. They they make they they conjure up awards to give people at these shows all the time. Okay. It's not really not that hard. Anyway, move on. Alright, we're gonna hit the politics heavy this week. Uh gonna start out with some <coughs> this little bulletin that MSNBC put out on Twitter a few days ago. Basically saying that hey, we're kicking CNN's ass, okay, <laughs> right? Um, and um, and they, they ran through all these categories which they've been beating CNN for some time now. And I did comment on that um, on Twitter. So what I will say here is that again, this is again the the failure of CNN is 
they didn't pick a side. Right? Well, I mean, look, look, cable news and cable news watching is very ideology-driven. The people who watch cable news do not watch it to get the squishy middle. They, the people who watch cable news believe that they are getting factual information but then as far as their, the opinion side of it they don't want the squishy middle right I mean and CNN has been trying to they've had a bunch of you know MAGA folks on there and <clears throat> with the idea the hope that well if we have some MAGA people on we'll get some of those MAGA viewers and then they will tell you that well, well yeah well, we have the MAGA people on but we're going to fact check on them in real time and the problem is that, well like the, the MAGA people who are good at cable news they know how to get around that I mean basically they just you just go hard and you run the host over and you, and you keep saying the same thing over and over you don't answer the questions Right, I mean, it's very easy to defeat a cable news interviewer if you know what you're doing. Um, <clears throat> particularly one who is being told to, you know, run to the squishy middle because that means they can't go back at you hard, or they can't, you know, they can't not have you on the show, <laughs> right? Um, they're being set up to fail, basically. Um, but the problem is, look, people who believe, if you are, if you believe in MAGA, if you are dyed in the wool, MAGA, you know, ten toes down, all in, you know, in for a dime, in for a dollar, MAGA, then <clears throat> you want MAGA news. <laughs> You want Fox News, and in some cases, you know, some some of them consider Fox News to be too soft, and they want, you know, Newsmax, you know, whether one American nation or whatever, and, right? I mean, or whatever that Steve Bannon stuff is, or, you know, whatever Tucker Carlson is doing now, right? The people who think soft, Fox News is too soft want some of that other stuff. Don't none of them want no MAGA friendly, okay? Because you know they want the whole show to be MAGA. They want again 100%, you know, unadulterated MAGA news, MAGA commentary, MAGA opinions. Right? People who are MAGA voters, that's what they want to hear. That's what they want to read. That's what they want to watch. They don't want to watch. You know, somebody attempt to be objective, and you know, be polite with the MAGA folks, and, and attempt to be objective and, and, and fact checking and blah blah blah. Whereas, look, you know, NBC, MSNBC, MSNBC, they do have a lot of liberal, com, you know, opinion commentary type of folks: Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes, Lawrence O'Donnell, you know, etc. And but. Outside of that, their kind of lean or bias is not liberal. It's more or less, it's just kind of air of competence. Like, they want the trains to run on time. You know, they want the streetlights to come on when they're supposed to. I mean, that's where MSNBC's real lean is. And which means that, look, past several few decades the trains run more on time when you have Democrats in the White House and controlling Congress so that's why it appears that they lean towards Democrats because they're real lean but they also lean into corporate talking points alright um, so you do hear stuff about about the inflation you know and what about the gas prices or what about the stock market right so I mean, they do lean in the corporate talking points, but they also lean in the one the trains to run on time. <laughs> and they have liberal commentators, right? The opinion folks, yeah. So, look, if you're not going to be, it's cable news, it's a niche broadcasting product, 
if you are going to win cable news, you got to pick a side. If you're not going to be MAGA, then you got to do what MSNBC does. You can't do what CNN is doing. You can't. Because, look, I mean, your cable news hosts are their personalities. And so you either got to be, you know, some super likable kind of person or you have to be somebody who people, the audience feels is on their side. Right? So, I, you know, I either got to like you or I got to be loyal to you or feel like you're loyal to me. Right? Um, that's how you win in cable news. And so, you know, CNN is really not putting people out there who feel like you know, they're on your side, whatever your side is. And that's why they're losing. Because I don't want to see some host, again, get run over by the MAGA people because they can't go too hard back at them. Or maybe they secretly agree with some of that shit. And if you're wondering, why does that happen? Why does CNN do that? Well, because the people at the very top of CNN, they may not be MAGA, but they're very much, you know, cut my taxes, cut my regulation type Republican people. And so they'd rather have Republicans in charge. And again, and they're playing the same game where they're, you know, where, well, we can, maybe we can get the Republicans in charge and they'll cut the taxes and they'll cut the regulations, but they won't do all the crazy stuff that they talk about. Well, in this day and age right now, that's not, that's not doable. Okay. That, that ended during the Obama administration. Okay. The Republicans of that time gave up any and all premise to being that way so now if you want your taxes cut and your regulations cut you got to be willing to deal with crazy <clears throat> but that's in a nutshell that's why CNN is last and they're going to be last until they do something about that because you're never going you're not going to out MAGA the MAGA people right and right now, you know, you could do a better version of what MSNBC does. Sure, but they're not trying. That they're, they're, you know, they operate on a premise that MSNBC is liberal and not kind of just competent corporatist, um, which is that's the thing I just came up with. And once you look at it that way, then you can see what's going on here. If if you call MSNBC liberal, you're doing it wrong. Like the only people that MSNBC is, is liberal to are uh, the, the MAGA folks. But if you're not if you're not one of the MAGA people and you call MSNBC li- liberal, then you're, you're you're doing it wrong. And you should probably go work for CNN. So you finish in last. Another political news. Uh, Speaking of last place, well, Ron DeSantis went on. uh, He went on Fox News and had a debate with Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Now, I'm one of those people who have said that you know, believe who has believed that going on Fox News to debate anyone is kind of a fool's errand. But in this case, I'd be willing to admit I was wrong. Because Gavin Newsom wiped the floor with him. And not just... And when I say wiped the floor, I don't mean that he just, you know... Ran off a bunch of facts and figures and, you know, all that. Uh, he, he made... He, he clowned DeSantis on stage. And in embarrassing fashion. And, look, like, the biggest line he got off was... You know, look, what you're trying to be... Like, you're trying to be exactly like Trump. And... In, how's that working for you 
you're down by 41 points. Um, look, I have always said that DeSantis is a fraud. That he is a entirely a creation of cable news. And let me be clear, DeSantis, the presidential candidate, is entirely a creation of cable news. Because, look, cable news is that 2024 is a Republican primary. Uh, cable news badly needs that primary to be competitive. So that there's something worth tuning in for. And DeSantis was the guy that they basically sent, you know, agreed on, basically, um, because he was, he's governor, he won re-election, he won re-election pretty handily, and for a few moments in 2020, he actually did, you know, fire back some shots at Donald Trump, um, that all added up to, yeah, this is the guy that might be competitive, yeah, with Trump, this is a guy who should run against Trump in the primary, yeah, And so, that's how he ended up where he is, right? And he decided to run for president. Because, you know, people got in his ear and they told him, yeah, you can do it. Um, And ever since then, he's just exposed himself as a buffoon, basically. At least on the national stage. And look, you gotta, I mean, go back and look at his victories. Like, when he won governor the first time, it was by less than 1%. And it was over, you know, the guy he ran against. I forgot the guy's name now, unfortunately. But there were some late-breaking stories about some legal issues of some kind. And, again, and then he won by less than 1%. Then when he ran for re-election, he ran against Charlie Crist, who is, you know, old, washed up, and in terms of politically. Um... And he won that a lot easier. So he didn't, I mean, that's not exactly, that's not George W. Bush, you know, running in, in Texas, okay? Right, you know, George W. Bush in Texas won very handily. I think re-election anyway. He might have squeaked out the first one, but, this, you know. And it's just, it's just different. He, he did not win under, you know, circumstances that would say this is somebody we want to get behind the president. But, you know, again, the, the need for a competitive primary for content purposes, they coalesced around him because, like all the other people, are just, you know, I mean, Nikki Haley worked for Trump. I mean, good luck, you know, legitimately being anti-Trump if you worked for the guy. Um, Tim Scott dealt with dishwater and, you know, he parroted all the, the Trump talking points when Trump was in office, so same thing. Um, so DeSantis was really the only, you know, they decided he was the only real option. And he probably was. Which means they really have no option. <laughs> okay, um, Trump will be the nominee unless he is literally behind bars in jail. And even then, they still might nominate him. So just, you know, always beware. Beware the cable news presidential candidate. I remember in 2004, you know, it was Wesley Clark on the Democrat side. These cable news hosts talked to Wesley Clark. General Wesley Clark. And he got in a race and all the professional politicians smacked him around real good. And it was completely a mirage. He had no constituency. He was just a general. <laughs> okay. And nobody and look hardly anyone even heard of him before you know, before he decided to run in the primary. And he didn't you know, I mean, these things happen, right? Like these candidates happen. Every now and then. So just beware. Um if if So, yeah, I think, look, DeSantis, he's, 
Again, he's going to stay in this until the money runs out because he's got to save face. Although, well, he's not really saving face, but you know. Anyhow, um, it's 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 just it's fun to watch the, the ship go down. <laughs> <sighs> that's about all. That's about all the time that DeSantis is worthy of. Let's move on, shall we? All right. Uh, it's almost time to get out of here. So, I, so um, I just had to get one more thing in and stumbled across the old news wire, and that is um, T.J. Holmes and Amy Robach. They were um, they were earlier this year. They were still working on I think Good Morning America three, like the third hour of Good Morning America, and. And they were both married to other people and they were fooling around with each other and it got out because you know some pictures got out of them out in public just all over each other right and so secret was out they didn't deny it they admitted it um they both ended up getting separated from their spouses and it's it became really funny because they're they're both like serial cheaters. <laughs> like they were both on like spouse number two. And the reason they were on spouse number two was because they had cheated on spouse number one. So now they have, you know they are together and they're gonna try to make it work. <laughs> um and, um, well, let's be honest here. Um, those type of situations usually don't, um, work out in the long run because, I mean, you're kind of, well, I mean, you're, I mean, it's born out of infidelity, right? So it's just, um, yeah, I mean, and these folks are serial cheaters. And so it is very likely that at some point one or, you know, one or both of them will end up cheating again (laughs) because that's what they do. Cheaters cheat. Okay, folks. Um, And uh, nobody wants to, you know, for some reason, people don't want to admit that, but it is what it is. Cheat or cheat. Um, so they more than likely will end up cheating again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And more than likely with people who are in close proximity to them because that's what cheaters do. And in this case, um, you know, they were work friends already. They were work friends because they worked together. They were both on the air together and they had been work friends and their spouses were, you know, friends and everybody was friends and they their kids hung out together and thinking they might have even you know taking care of each other's kids at you know at certain points um so yeah <laughs> it's it'd be your own people right um but what's you know and they ultimately they got fired from their jobs because you know it was just awkward but now there's a new twist here. Um, they're scorned or spurned or cheated on spouses. You know, Amy Robach was with Andrew Hsu and TJ Holmes was with Marilee Feibig. I guess that's like, I don't uh, Sorry, Marilyn. Sorry, Mar- sorry, Marilee for butchering your name. But um, so the spurned spouses are now dating each other. And have moved in together. I mean, <laughs> because why the hell not, right? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you're kind of, you're stuck in this situation, right? Um, where, you know, you got kids with these folks and, you know, All of that, and it's just you 
can't get away from each other, right? Because you're you're both married to the other, to the two other people, and you have to deal with two other people. So it, you're always in each other's orbit, and you're around each other, and you're hanging around each other anyway. And so rather than go back out into the dating world to deal with strangers, <laughs> why not deal with each other, right? I don't know. Oh man, that's funny. That's real funny. But yeah, why the hell not? I mean, you know, why not? That's that, that's that's let's let's wish all four of those crazy kids good luck, <laughs> right? And that you know, and hope that they will all find peace in their current situations, and that they will not be inclined to go cheat again. Any of the four of them, because <laughs> I think at least three of the four of them, um, Marilyn, not uh, Marilyn, I don't know, um, but TJ, Amy, and Andrew are all cheaters <laughs> so here's the hoping that they they can all bring themselves to stop cheating and be happy in their current situations <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> crazy times i tell you but um that's gonna do it for this episode so guys um be safe out there doing christmas shopping um be safe out there just traveling around the road period and As always, you know, take care of yourselves, take care of each other out there. And I'll talk to you next week. Or not next week, I'm sorry. We don't do this every week anymore. I will talk to you again before Christmas. Yes. Until then, everybody.